So good evening to you all. It's a great pleasure and honor to be back here in the Munkshul. Before I left Eretz Yisrael for here, I paid a visit to my upstairs neighbor, Mr. Leo Zulzbacher, who himself is a, a member of this Kehillah. And I remarked to him that uh, I haven't been in Munks. The last time I was in Munks was over 40 years ago. And Mr. Zulzbacher told me that for Munks Kehillah, that is not an acceptable sentence. And so my, resu- my revised sentence is, the last time I was in Munks was 42 years, 5 months, 3 weeks, and 6 days ago, in the morning. <coughs> the topic for our shir this evening is Az Yashir, and it is really a pillar when you think about it. Uh, it's at the end of Sukkot Zimra every day. And it's not like anything else in Sukkot Zimra. Everything else, almost, is Tehillim. I mean, this is a song that we sang after Kriyas Yamsuf, and in its time, it had its place. But somehow, it accompanies us Every day. Apparently, it's of relevance every day. And that means that Kriyas Yamsun was not what we would call a historical event. Kriyas Yamsun was a historic event. The difference between the two is that historical events exist in the past. Historic events accompany us in the present. And indeed, the measure says further, we know that the Jewish people are referred to as Ivri. We translate as Hebrews. What is the meaning of the word Ivri? <coughs> well, I'm sure you're aware of many explanations. Descended from Aver, Avram is Be'ever Echad, everyone's Be'ever Hasheni. But the Medrash Bracious Rabbi says that the word Ivrim is a combination of two words. Ovar Yam. <coughs> Ivrim Ovar Yam. We're called the Ivrim because we passed through the sea. Now we were called Ivrim before we passed through the sea. That's just a question of tenses. But what we do see from here is that passing through the Yamsuf wasn't just something that happened to us. It's something that defines us. Our name is Ivrim because we went through the sea. We're not called Eser Makosim or anything of the like, even though we also experience those things. When we consider some of the the roots of Kriyas Yamsuf, because Kriyas Yamsuf has roots, or perhaps more appropriately, has tributaries. Because <coughs> the in Halel, when we make reference to Kriyas Yamsuf, we say, Hayam Ra'a Vayonas. The sea saw and fled. Or as they would say in more contemporary parlance, it split. The Medrash asks, What did the sea, what did it see? Hayam Ra'a. It saw. What did it see? Ma ra'a. 
says the Medrash, Arono shall Yosef Ra'ah. It saw the Aron of Yosef. What's Yosef got to do? My Indian Yosef, it's a Kriyas Yamsu. Well, <coughs> there is an earlier Vayonos. Sometimes distinctive words resonate and they're meant to connect with each other. Yosef, when he finally passed his test with Aishas Potiphar, it says, Vayonos Vayetse so because Yosef ran away, so the sea ran away. We, of course, need to understand how those two fleeings are connected. There is an ex- a concept, it's a, it's a central concept in Torah. It's called emulating Hashem. And depending on who you ask, there will be different makuras in the Torah for this idea of emulating Hashem, just like he is kind, you should be kind, he is compassionate, you should be compassionate. What is in the core? Most people, I believe, knowledgeable people, will refer to somewhere in Chumash Devarim. Either to V'holachta Bidrachav, or Uladov Kabo, or Acharei Hashem to follow him, meaning to emulate him. But interestingly, there is a much, much earlier makor in the Torah for emulating Hashem. And it's in Oz Yashem. It is in the words, Ze Keli Ve'anvehu. Now the word Ve'anvehu can mean many things. And the simple meaning is, I will glorify him. Naveh. But the Gemara in Masech HaShabbos and Dachkuf Lamed Gimel Amad Beis, with its other drushes of Hidur Mitzvah and so on, says... Va'anvehu means hevedomalo. To be similar to him. What's va'anvehu got to do with hevedomalo? How does va'anvehu get to being similar to Hashem? Rashi says an amazing thing. The word va'anvehu is taken as a combined expression of ani vehu. Va'anvehu. Ani vehu. Me and him. I'm like him. Needless to say, we need to understand why that concept exists in Oz Yashir. Oz Yashir is a response to Kriyas Yamsa. So if you want to say thank you, say thank you. If you want to say it with a song, say a song. If you want to talk about Hidur Mitzvah, that makes sense. Because if Hashem just did a miracle, so maybe you should do a bit more in your mitzvahs for him otherwise known as Hidro Mitzvah. But emulating Hashem, why is that uh, 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 integrally bound up with Shira Sayyam? The answer to all of this is in one of the Psukim of Az In the Psukim of Az they're not so easy, not all of them. Pasuk Ches reads, Uveruach apecha ne'ermu mayim. Uveruach apecha ne'ermu mayim. Through through the, the wind that you blew, ne'ermu mayim. What is the meaning of the words ne'ermu mayim? The simple meaning, I think, is that the waters were piled up on either side. How does ne'ermu come to mean piled up? It's from the word arema. Arema is a pile. 
So the waters were piled up on either side. And that's how Rashi explains. But it's very interesting that if you look at Unculus, and Unculus is something of a, a, a dying art nowadays for numerous reasons. Many people have been known to go into Unculus and never be seen or heard from again. <coughs> I think the working Mahalach is if you ever read Unculus, you just hope that he's saying what you think he's already saying and, and wait till it's all over. But of course, we lose out because you see how the Rishonim hung on every single word of Unculus. And Unculus, surprisingly, translates the words Ne'ermumayim, those are the words under review, as Chakimumaya. The water became wise. Chakimumaya. I think now we've heard everything. But now you know, long before we had smart fridges, we had wise waters. How does Ne'emumayim come to mean wisdom? It's from the word Arma. Not Arema, a pile, but Arma, which is coming, a form of wisdom. But what's the water getting wisdom got to do with anything? And where did it get the wisdom from? Says the Vilna God. If you want to know where the wisdom, where the water got its wisdom from, you have to realize where the Ruach came from. Where did the Ruach come from? I think if we, if we would normally be asked the question, where did the Ruach come from that split the Yamsuf? So we would say it came from the, from the West. But then we're glossing over something because the Pasuk in Oz Yoshir says, Uva Ruach Apecha Ne'emrumai. Ruach Apecha means the, the wind of your nostrils, the breath of your nostrils. Which is unbelievable. It may be the biggest Kiddush of the entire thing. There's, then, there's any number of places that Hashem could bring a wind from. I mean, where do the winds live? Wherever they normally are, get one. But it came from Hashem Himself. So Hashem blew into the Yamsuf. You know, when Hashem blows into something, nothing is ever the same again. The first time Hashem blew into something, human beings were invented. And the whole thing attains a new dimension. So when Hashem himself, so to speak, <coughs> blows into something, it raises it to a completely different level. So if it blows into the water, what's it going to do? It's going to become wise water. If you want to know where the Chachma came from, Remember where the Ruach came from. And that's how the waters became wise. We still need to understand why the water needed to become wise. Water on that occasion just needs to be to do what it's told. <coughs> which doesn't take much wisdom. It takes a lot of wisdom to get someone to do what they're told. So let us go back to Moshe himself. Moshe is called Moshe, as the Pasuk itself says, because he was drawn up from the water. And some Mephoshim wonder about this. 
As if to say, we understand that a person's name captures their essence. Rabbi Meir, we're darshing people's names. The name is meant to sum up the person. Does Moshe being drawn up from the water define him? Is that his essence? It's very important that it happened to him. Things would have been very different if it didn't happen. But does that become Moshe with everything that he did? Says the Maharal, in the sacred Givurah Hashem, yes, it does. To understand how, we need to talk about water for a moment. As with physical water, there's many different concepts. Water can give life, it can take life. Terror is water. But there's an element of water that relates to our discussion. Water has no form. It has no tsura. If you put it in something, it attains the form of whatever you put it in. If you spill it on the floor, it has no form whatsoever. And not only does water have no form, water can even have the quality of removing the form from something that does. Water can erode things, as we know, wear them down until they until there's nothing there. Nothing distinct there. Indeed, says Maral, this is why the generation of Noah was punished through water. Because the generation of Noah, everywhere you look, in the Psukim and in the Midrashim, will all lead to the same idea. The problem with the Dor HaMabal is that they had descended into absolute lack of tsura, lack of human distinction. They weren't acting like human beings. They were acting like animals. Whatever that means, they're grabbing, there's no boundaries, there's no rules, there's no anything. The, 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 the human race had become a jungle. Where are the human beings? You can't find them anymore. They've lost their tsura. It's been worn away. And that's why the punishment, mida keneget mida, measure for measure, came in the form of water, which wore everything away. They had lost their tsura. They had abdicated on their tsura. And therefore, they were punished with something that has no tsura and that removes tsura. And indeed, the word for flood, which we well know, is mabel. Okay, mabel is not an English word. The word mabel, according to Rashi, in one of his three perushim, how does mabel mean flood? Because mabel comes from the word mivale. And mivale means to wear away. It's called a mabel because it wears things away. That's its name. Because that was the issue here. So much so, that the very first thing that Noah and his family are told when they re when they exit the Teva after the after the Mabel is it's now mutter for them to eat from the flesh of animals. That's a very interesting introduction back into the world. It's a new world and Fleshix is served. I mean for some people that's maybe the all they really need to know. <laughs> But, uh, 
How is this the introduction back into the world? Because originally it was also for, for a man to eat from the flesh of an animal because it wasn't considered appropriate. But that prohibition was mishandled. Because you begin by saying that who says that I'm entitled to, to slaughter an animal for my needs? Which is one step away from saying who's to say that my needs are more important than those of an animal? Which is one step away from saying who's to say that I'm more important than an animal? Which leads you to who's to say that there's any difference between me and an animal? So that prohibition was mishandled. And therefore Hashem says, if that's how it will work, better to eat from the flesh of an animal, so that you know that man is not an animal. not saying it's compulsory. I know there are uh, some people, they're vegetarians. I always say I have no beef with vegetarians. <coughs> but, but it's butter. And that is the concept of water. Lack of surah. And now says Maharal. Go back to Moshe's name. Why is he called Moshe? Min hamayim mishisihu. Drawn up from the water. What does that tell you? Says Maharal. It tells you everything. Because if water represents lack of form, lack of distinction, then to be drawn up and away from that means towards attaining distinction. And that encapsulates every attainment of Moshe. He attained the ultimate Selim Elohim. And that's why all of his achievements are an expression of that. But Minamayim Mishisiyu says it all. Achar Hadvarim Ha'ele. Let us come back to Kriyas Yamsuf. And we'll appreciate that Kriyas Yamsuf isn't just something very helpful that happened on the way out of Mitzrayim. It was a crucial station between Mitzrayim and Har Sinai. Why? Because how did we leave Mitzrayim and how did we get to Har Sinai? Through water. And what happened to the water? It solidified. And it attained form in front of the Jewish people. The very epitome of formlessness attained form before the Jewish people. And what does that mean? That experience was a fundamental introduction to Matan Torah. Kriyas Yamsuf is a time of Gilui, of revelation. When we think of revelation, we never think back earlier than Harsinai. But we should. Because we say, that's a time of Gilui. Hashem is revealing something. He's teaching B'nai Yisrael. He's not just saving them. He's talking to them. And what is he saying? He's saying, look what just happened. Look at how you were saved. The formless attained form in front of you. That's what I've done for you. And I'm going to give you the Torah, and that's what you need to do to the world. What is receiving the Torah, if not receiving the ultimate way to attain surah, to develop one's Selim Elohim, and to impose form on an otherwise formless world? 
So Kriyas Yamsuf was, was an experiential introduction to what Torah is all about. And now we see how the two explanations of Ne'er Mumayim intersect. The water piled up. It became solid and assumed the form of piles. How? By receiving Chachmah. Because if you receive that capacity of Chachmah and you use it, you can then give Tzura to that which otherwise doesn't have Tzura. How did, we, how did the Jewish people merit such a thing? <coughs> of course, when it's, things are going well, we don't talk about the Jewish people, we talk about ourselves. How did we merit such a miracle? Uh, I often think we have a kind of a national split personality whereby when everything goes right in the midbar, we did it, but when it goes wrong, they did it. Luckily, the Jewish people are always there to blame. But, uh, so we left the Tzrayim, but they made the Egel, but we received the Torah, and they said, Miraglim, and finally we entered Eretz Yisrael. So, <coughs> it all works out in the end. But in this case, in the merit of what? Were we able to have the sea split before us? Well, the Bnei Yisrael obviously had their own Zuchuyos, Lechtech Acharat Midbar which Hashem remembers all those centuries later. We say on Rosh Hashanah, Zachar Chesed Nuraim. He came out in the middle of nowhere. It's not a simple thing to follow someone in the middle of, into the middle of nowhere. As difficult as your own situation is, your current situation is. Now we did. But there's something else. Because if what Kriyas Yamsef is about is the idea of giving tsura to that which has no form, of imposing tsura on that which has no form, who did this or achieved this to a greater degree than Yosef in Mitzrayim? When Mitzrayim itself is a place, a terrible place. When it, you know it's a terrible place when the Torah warns you not to do terrible things by saying, don't do like they did in Mitzrayim. <laughs> And there is Yosef there, all alone. It's him, Eshes Potiphar. It's going on and on and on and on. And in the end, Yosef stays, stays, his resolve is firm. It's firm. He ran away. Therefore, giving what? Primacy to his Tselem Elohim over the formlessness that she was tempting him to, to be involved in. And that is a, as chus, the type of which the sea would split before. Because the sea has no tzura. Why should I attain tzura before these people? Look at Yosef. Look at his bayonas. And, and that should affect the sea itself. So it was for B'nai Yisrael. Not so for the Mitzvim. When the Mitzvim came in, the water cre- closed in on them. And of course, on a simple level, they were punished and they... They don't deserve a miracle. But on a deeper level, we understand. You have two groups there. B'nai Yisrael and the Mitzrayim. And each, each one met themselves in the water. Each one found themselves in the water. B'nai Yisrael, who were on the way, who had roots of Anshet Surah, and were on the way themselves to becoming Anshet Surah. So for them, the water attained form, solid form, and split for them. But the Mitzrayim, 
They have no tzura. They have no framework. They have no distinction. So when they meet the water, it meets them back, and it melts, and it covers them over. And the Ibedezra says, interestingly, that these two things happen concurrently. That is to say, we might normally understand that Yisrael went all the way through the Yamsuf, or wherever, wherever they exited the Yamsuf, <coughs> and then it was just the Mitzrayim inside, and the waters closed over. But the Ibedezra says, no. While B'nai Yisrael were still in the Yamsuf, going through, and the, wall, the walls, the water was walled for them, it was already closing in on the Mitzrayim. The two things happened together. But there Agav, I believe, that this is the, or, or Abior, in a Pasuk which seems to, to repeat itself with regards to Kriyas Yamsuf. Namely, the Hamayim Lahem Choma, the water was walls for them on their right and on their left. That pasuk is said twice in Perikudal. Pasuk Kapbeis and pasuk Kaptes. And aha. Almost identical, with one difference. As you know, the word Choma. In the first pasuk, the word Choma is written Mole with a vav. The second pasuk it's written chaser with adavah. There's a drasha about this. The message says the second time it's chema. It's chema. There was anger. In fact, there are some who there is a minhag. Of course, Oz Yashir has a very distinctive tune, the tune of Shiras Hayam. And some people say already the words already with that celebratory tune. But there are some places where they only sing it that way the first time now, not the second time now. The first time round is as it should be. <coughs> Second time round could do better. But it could be that according to the Ibn Ezra, and the Ibn Ezra would not agree to what I'm about to say, because uh, at least he never really spoken this way, but nevertheless, Harishus Nitna. The reason why the word Choma is Male initially, the first time, and Hasa the second time, is because the first time it says B'nai Yisrael are just going in, and as they're just going in, the whole sea splits before them. So the walls are male. So the word Choma is male. But the second time, the waters are already closed in over the Mitzrim, and still the walls are Choma Mimina Mispolam, but they're not complete. Behind them, it's already, it's already closed in. So the Choma is Chaser. So it's written Chaser. At any event, what we do see is that the Bnei Yisrael are being uh, schooled here and instructed as to what it is that they are capable of doing. Hashem says, I gave, I gave tsura to that which has no tsura here with the water. That's what you need to do. Did Bnei Yisrael get the message? Loud and clear. And that is why in Shiras Hayam, one of the first things they say is, Zeh the Andehu. And what does the Andehu mean? Ani Me and him. Just like him. I've received the message. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I gave Surah and that's what you need to do. And B'nai Yisrael said, and we sincerely hope to do so. And in fact, on the level of Remez, They say that B'nai Yisrael actually, as once one uh, receives the concept 
of hevedomelo, of emulating Hashem, which is a completely different way of living, one receives a completely new understanding of what the word Adam means. Adam can have a very basic level. Adam can just simply refer come from the word Adama, which is the ground. But that's where Adam comes from. But Adam is capable of much more. Because <coughs> Adam can also relate to the word Edam. Edam el Elyon. Edam el Elyon means I will emulate Hashem. When Bhagavan Yisrael introduced to this concept, Kriyas Yamsu, and that's when they discovered what Adam really means. It doesn't just mean Adama. It means Edam. Edam el Elyon. In Kriyas Yamsu, they found Adam. And Dorshe Rishumo say, if we say that, that through the splitting of the Yamsuf we found Adam, by Yibaku Hamayim, says the Pasuk, the Mayim split. Mayim, Mem Yud Mem, the Gematria of 90. By Yibaku Hamayim, you have Mayim 45, which is Adam. Through Vayibaku Hamayim, through Kriyas Yamsuf, they found Adam, that it's Adam Elyon. And with this in mind, we can well understand why we say <coughs> that B'nai Yisrael are called Ivrim, which was our opening question, are called Ivrim because of Avar Yam. They passed through the Yam. And, and as we noted, apparently this isn't just something that just happened to them, it defines them. It does. Because through Avar Yam, they received their, their mission. For the world, that you've got to get the Torah to find out how to do it. But it all began in the Yamsuf, and from that point on, they're called Ivrim, of our Yam. <coughs> and this, I believe, is the first of two reasons, what I would call the, the individual reason, the personal reason, why Oz Yashir accompanies us every day. Because we clearly see now how the message of Oz Yashir is of relevance to each and every day. That is how one starts the day by, by recalling Kriyas Yamsuf, by Yibaku Amayim. What is Adam? A person cannot take on the day without first reminding himself what a person is. And if I may add, although one doesn't need to add, uh, the the notion of surah itself, of human distinction, is rapidly receding. The mabul is back. And it has been for a while. Floods take many forms. Some of them are water. But as we, or even colloquially, and it's very telling, we talk about a flood of information or a flood of ideas. And they themselves can erode and remove surah. And, uh, and uh, but even the most basic distinctions that, that, that define a human being are, are, are no longer really uh, uh, necessarily related to at all. Which makes the resolve as one begins the day of acting with distinction and rising towards Tsura, Minamai Mishisihu, all the more uh, of the essence. And this is the this is the personal message, I believe, to each and, to each and every other from Kriyasyamsa. But from there, I'd like to move to what I would call the, from the personal to the national. But of course, being part of 
the nation, it, it affects each and, every, each and every one. Back to the words, Zekeli Vandeyu. Zekeli Vandeyu is a famous drasha of Rashi, or more correctly, of Chazal. Rashi brings it, he doesn't bring it exactly the way, uh, the, way the Mechilta does. But it says, Zekeli, you know, the connotation of the word Ze, this, is always that you're in the presence of the thing. It's like you can point to it, like we say on Sefina, Babur Ze, Babur Peshachit Matza, Umar, so on and so forth. So Zekeli Vandeyu means that they, that they were somehow in, in the presence of Hashem. And that's another reason why it's very clear <coughs> that revelation didn't wait till Kriyas Yamsuf to happen. It's a, pardon me, till Harsina to happen. It's already Kriyas Yamsuf. Zekeli. They're Giluyim. They're revelations. And famously, Rashi says, but we'll quote from the Nefilter, Ra'asa Shivcha Layam. Even a Shivcha. So, Mashila Ra'a Yechezka Ben Buzi. But even Yechezka didn't see. Rashi says, Mashila Ra'a Kala Nevi'im. The Nefilter says Yechezka. And I'd like to focus on the Mechilter because, after all, I mean, we, we never really think about Yechezkel being different than any other of the Nevi'im. I mean, it's very, very specific. They saw more than what Yechezkel saw. But did they see more than what other Nevi'im saw? Where is Yechezkel in the, in the listing of Nevi'im? We have no idea. We have no notion of such a thing. We only have two categories when it comes to Nevi'im. Category one, Moshe Rabbein. Category two, everyone else. So, <coughs> no one ever said, well, oh, the Tehezkel, actually, the Gemara compares Tehezkel and Yishai, that's true, it's a Gemara Chagiga. But, uh, but, but it's so specific, more than Tehezkel, and not more than who? Not more than Yishai. <laughs> Something that we seem to emphasize in Kriyas, in, 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 in Oz Yashir, is the idea of Sus Barokhlo. If that's how the whole thing starts, Ashirat Hashem Kigoga, Sus Barokhlo it's the opening. If that's the opening, it means it's very significant. And in fact, its significance is underscored. Because when Miriam then goes out with the women and they sing their women's song, which is much shorter, it's just that. So if you're going to just say one thing, apparently, that's the thing to say. But why? And what does for mean? Rashi says, a sus a horse and its rider. It's interesting because I, I think normally we play, place more emphasis on the rider than the horse. Here, the, the rider is like an accessory to the horse. The horse together with all of its things and including its rider. Some people could get offended. Although with the Mitzrayim, maybe it's not really that hard to understand. But Rashi says, sus means the horse while the rider is still on top. And apparently, that's very important. But for us, I don't see why it makes a difference. When they were, when the water came in on them, was the rider still on top of the horse, or was he not on the horse? I don't know. Does it make a difference? 30 seconds later, it for sure doesn't make a difference. But apparently it does make a difference. There are two concepts. It's very interesting to, to ask this question. What is the relationship between Kriyas Yamsuf and the Esamakos? By which I mean, we know that the Esamakos, you can divide them into groups, and three and three, and the Tzachadash, and, and so on and so forth, or seven and three, and there are subdivisions. But Tachl is the Esamakos. And then, another thing called Kriyas Yamsuf, which is now 
the 11th Maka, I guess, or the 11th of the 10 Makos, or is, is it just more of the same? What does it add to the Eser Makos apart from finality? It's like the Haftorah of the, uh, of the Makos. But actually, it adds something fundamental. There are two concepts, and I, I, I say at the outset, by way of disclaimer, this is only a, a, a fraction of the understanding of the simplest uh, level of these ideas, but nonetheless, <coughs> at least to have a working. There are two concepts that you may hear about, that we do hear about. They're called Masa Beratius and Masa Merkava. The workings of creation and the workings of Merkava, of the chariot. What does that mean? So, uh, my personal default response to, to that question is, it's Kabbalah. So, let's change the subject. Uh, which, which I think is probably wise in, in most cases. But, <coughs> but on, a, on, a, on the simplest of levels, what does it mean? Maser Beratius refers to how Hashem controls the forces of creation. Maser Merkava is how Hashem controls the forces of history. <coughs> Beratius is when, is when everything is created, the, the forces of creation. Everything obeys the rules of, of the forces of creation, except for people. People have their own rules. People defy the rules of physics regularly. If you know Newton's uh, second law of motion, when a force is applied to something, it will then continue to move in that direction. Unless it's a person. In which case, it will refuse to move in that direction and probably move in the opposite direction. Defying the laws of physics. Because it has its own rules. And man has Bechira. And people, people want different things for all sorts of different reasons. And what are you going to do about it? And somehow we say, Master Merkava says, <coughs> that Hashem controls all of that as well. Which means whatever they choose, for whatever reason, and many of the reasons, thank you so much, for whatever reason, and many of those reasons will be, will be antithetical to Ratzon Hashem. And still Hashem controls all of it, and is bringing all of it together, that the world should, should move in the direction that He wants. What's the marshal for this? It's like a Merkava. A Merkava is something that's built on wheels. In order for the Merkava to move forward, part of the wheel has to move backwards. And, uh, and imagine that all you saw in front of you was the part of the wheel that's moving back, wheel that's moving backwards. You could never imagine how this is, it's going in the wrong way! But that itself is, is, is moving the chariot forward. And that's Master Merkava, again, on the most basic, basic level. And this is the difference between the Eser Makos and Kriyas Yamsuf. Eser Makos showed Hashem's absolute control over nature. Every force of nature was manipulated, uh, changed, etc. <coughs> By the time B'nai Yisrael left Mitzrayim, it was abundantly clear that Hashem is an absolute control over, over, the, over my separations. <clears throat> I take this as a reminder I shouldn't shout at my Talmudim so much try and remember and then 
something is uh, still unresolved. What about what about my semerkov? What about history? And here you have an amazing thing. Paro decides he will mobilize his army and chase after Benisrael to capture them and bring them back in absolute contravention and defiance of Ratzon Hashem. And he gets his army together. And they gear up. And out they go, galloping at full pace. In full armor. No one was ever more in defiance of Ratzon Hashem than as Pyro as he leads his army out to recapture the Jewish people. And no one ever seemed more formidably poised to be able to do so. And where did they end up? Exactly where they were meant to end up. The horse atop the rider, which represents the full poise and potency of Pyro's army to capture B'nai Yisrael, they galloped headlong exactly to where Hashem wanted them to be. And that was a revelation. Because what did B'nai Yisrael see at that time? There will be so many forces in history. Kings and their, and their whims, and their goals, and their designs, and their plots, and their programs. And in the end, they'll be galloping exactly to where Hashem wants them to be. The Shiraz Hayam begins <coughs> with the word Oz. And the word Oz is a very difficult word, because it, it just translates as, as them. Which begs the question, of course, when? When is then? If someone asks, when did B'nai Yisrael sing the Yamsuf? And you answer, then, so there's room to say more. And in fact, it's a Machlokus Rishonim. Nashi Ramban. Either way. But the word Oz has another meaning. If you want to look at the chat of Oz, so you're looking at it in terms of the molecule called, called Oz. But if you look at the elements of the word, the Aleph and the Zion, as the as the Mefarshim explained. Why is this the, 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 the opening word for Shira Sayyam? Because the, the because the letter Zion, which of course is has the gematria of seven, the number seven always represents things that are all over the place. All different directions. As the Pasuk says, the Derech Echad Yitzuelecha, and you have the seven days of the week. Seven is all over the place. And the world is a world of seven. In the sense that there's forces going in all different directions. Conflicting with each other, bypassing each other, every which way. And that's the world of Zion. But when you have a moment of Shira, so you realize the world is a world of Zion. But there's an Aleph behind the Zion. There is an echo behind the Zion, behind the Shem. And that's Hashem who is controlling and overseeing all of these forces, even as they go each one in their own way. That's the concept of Merkava, Az Yashir. <coughs> the concept of the Merkava, as we know, is spoken about in the Navi Yechezka. The Maisim Merkava is in, is in Yechezka, Perit Aleph. The Mishnah says, 
Eimachtirim, but my Semer Kavah, you shouldn't do it. The Minig is that we do. It's that for the first uh, for the first morning of Shavuos. <coughs> Maybe that's for the best. But, but, <coughs> it's pasuk upon pasuk of description. The Rufanim is like this, and the, and the, and the Chayos is like this, and So Yechezkel describes the Merkava, whatever it means, however one understands it. So, uh, needless to say, Sisrei Torah. The Shivcha. Did the Shivcha learn the Navi Yechezkel? She didn't know Yechezkel. Does she know all the ins and outs? No. But one thing she did have. Anyone who was part of Kriyas Yamsuf experienced on the, in their own life what Yechezkel described in his Pesukim. And that's why the Pasuk says, <coughs> she, they, she saw it. She couldn't pray, perhaps, I'm sure she could not describe it in the way Yechezkel did. But she saw it. She encountered it. What Yechezkel did not see. I mean, Yechezkel, Yechezkel is in the time of Golas. Where's his Nevuah coming? On the Har Kavar. It's in Baba. So if he's a Navi, she's not a Navi. And he can say the Pesukim and she can't say the Pesukim. And maybe she couldn't read but she saw the Maisei Merkava. Because she saw what happened. She saw the Mitzvah coming. And then everything would turn out exactly as HaKadosh Baruch intended for it to be. <coughs> and it's for this reason that Oz Yashir concludes with a Pasuk Hashem Yimlach Le'olam Boy. It concludes with what we would call Malchus. Because what is Malchus <coughs> if not HaKadosh Baruch Hu in control of everything? As long as we had only quote-unquote witnessed the Makos, we hadn't seen Malchus yet. Because we'd seen Hashem's control of the forces of nature, but we hadn't seen his control of history. We'd, or in our terminology, we'd seen the Maise Beratius, but we hadn't seen the Maise Merkava. But with Kriyas Yamsev, and everything that came with that, the picture was complete. And everyone was able to say, Hashem Yimlach Le'olam That's why Malchus concludes Az Yashir. And that's why it concludes Psukit Zimra. And when you think about it, the relationship of Az Yashir to Psukit Zimra is like the relationship of Kriyas Yamsuf to the Makkas. Because Psukit Zimra is really about, it's about Maiseberatius, it's about the various forces and, and, and so on, all these elements. It's Maiseberatius, predominantly. <coughs> and, 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 but we're getting ready to daven. So you start with Maiseberatius. But Psuke de Zimmer isn't complete until you, until you finish it off with, with, with Az Yashir. Because that's Maiseber Kava. And then the end you say, Hashem And now you're ready for, for the next stage. And so on and so forth. And that's why we say, <coughs> we talk about, we talk about the concept of Malchus, specifically at, at Az Yashir. And I think there's room to say further, because this is another reason why Az Yashir accompanies us every day. The world around us is a confounding place, and certain times are more confounding than others, or worse. And somehow, the Jewish people, the core of the Jewish people, they, they, there is this notion, it's inbred in the Jewish people, that it doesn't seem, things don't seem to be working out for us. It's an inexplicable and, and, and disheartening and agonizing sometimes to see how certain things are happening. And, and how do you explain it? 
And we can't always explain it. But what lies at the core of all of that? But in the end, we'll, in the end we'll understand. Hashem has his ways, and in the end we'll understand. Where did the Jewish people get such a notion from? How do they know? Where did they get that conviction from? Where did they get that resolve from? From Kriyas Yamsuf. Kriyas Yamsuf embedded the stamp of an awareness of Malchus. I would say it was formational. And it was almost what you could call the Masa Avos of a, of a Malchus experience. And then it recedes because it doesn't happen every day. But it stays with us because Again, as, as, a, as a prelude, as an, as on the way to receiving the Torah. So if you want to receive Hashem's mitzvahs, you, ha- you have to be, have some type of mahalach in terms of how Hashem runs the world. And the koach for the Jewish people throughout the generations <coughs> to say that Hashem has his ways and we need to do what we need to do and leave, leave the rest up to him, that koach comes from Shira Sayyam. And that koach is actually to lead us towards the final revelation of Malchus. One could almost say that, that, that Jewish history begins with Malchus and ends with Malchus. It begins with the Malchus at Kriyas Yamsuf, Hashem Yimnech Lelambod, and it ends with Vahay Hashem Lamelech HaKala Aris. And what gets you from A to B? Kriyas Yamsuf gets you from A to B. And really, that is, a, that is our goal. Our goal is to bridge that gap, is to, is to go the distance and shorten the distance to the extent that we can. Drawing Koach every day <coughs> from the Malchus within Oz Yashir, and with that Koach marching forward and keeping going with firmness and with resolve until we reach the Malchus of Bayomahu Yashem Echad, Rushem Echad, Bayashem Echad, Bayashem Echad, which should happen in the Hayyabi Amen.